Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. Now, if you are a frequent of the podcast, and when I, by frequent, I mean like you follow us on Instagram, you check out the YouTube videos, and you watch the video podcasts. God bless you. This episode, you're going to notice something a little different. A little different. It's the slightest change ever. I'm so happy. Reagan, you've shifted your camera 13 degrees. <laughs> and it's, an, it's a crazy game changer. It's such... <laughs> It's such, if you look at these clips, it just, I just look like the stereotypical, like, 22-year-old man lives in a beige box. Uh -huh. Like, there's, like, nothing behind there. When I'm, like, in reality, <laughs> bro, I got, like, normally my piano's not even in my room right now, but I, I got a keyboard there. I got my mm -hmm. fake plant. I got my color-coordinated bookshelf. Color-coordinated. Like, I work, I work hard on that, man. And I've just, I've just never been able to like find the right camera angle. And, like, today, I just accidentally hit my laptop and it tilted this way. And I was like, oh. Yep. Oh, I can do that. Yep. And now it just, <laughs> it just, it took a year and a half of sitting in this godforsaken corner yes. um, to the figure out that of, I can turn it. The amount of times that I've heard you complain about how yeah, people man. can't see your color, like coordinated Bro, bookshelf. You spend a lot of time on that and I, I think people so should see it. I've bought books for that. So yes. I've bought, I bought books that I have not read because I'm like, oh, that's green. I need green. Yeah. You've um, thrown away Bibles um, because they didn't match that color scheme. Dude. Well, <laughs> easy, easy there. Easy there. You're going to get the, you're going to get people to come after me on threads. Um, but no, the most offensive thing I've ever heard from a student before is like, they came to my desk one time. And like my, my yep. desk is clean, dude. I'm it like, is. I, I hate when like people come in and like use my desk and put stuff on there or like mm -hmm. a kid comes in and like just leave stuff around. I'm just like, if you're going to use my, like pick up, pick up your stuff. Yep. And I come in there and my desk is like really, really clean. And a student walks over and just like, this is not what I expected from you. And I was like, <laughs> do do I do I give off messy vibes? Do like do I give off like disgusting vibes? Um no nah, man, I got a color coded bookshelf. I got deodorant. I'm like, I I I take care of myself, man. When um, you talk about how proud you are of having purchased a bath towel or like a hand towel or a bath mat, it's like people just you set a there, bar. There's you, set, an you set a level of expectations, which there's is great. Because yeah. then when people actually see how organized you are, you blow them away. It's like, no, <laughs> bro. It's, it's an enigma. Cause I'm like, I'm so organized and on top of it on like some things. And then it's completely absent in other areas of my life. And it's like, no, like I want it to look good, but I'm like, I'll have a color coordinated bookshelf, but I will never make up my bed ever. Not a single day. You know, and I'm just to. like, well, it just, I mean, that's true. Um, <laughs> But it's like, there's like, it's not a one size fits all across the right. board. It's very, I'm like an onion. There's layers. That's great. I love onions. Speak, speaking of that, um, <laughs> weird transition to Shrek here. I was at Target today and I was buying some stuff for camp and Target has like this weird array of like graphic tees or whatever um, that every like sixth grader and 45 year old dad well honestly this right here barbie one <laughs> from target yep. um but i walked in and it was just like this just picture of shrek and donkey with a black t-shirt 
going to the castle, whatever that movie from the first scene is. Uh-huh. And I looked at that and it was like $27. And I was like, Ooh. Oh, I want that. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> $27 though, man. But I'm like, I'm like, camp's coming up, man. I oh, you bought it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. dang it. <laughs> I bought the, I bought the Barbie shirt instead. I do like the Barbie shirt. We Thank have you. like a pink day where all of the students are just going to like wear a ton of pink. And I'm Pepto-Bismol. assuming that's what this shirt is for. Yeah. 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 I gotta have it some looks pink. beige on camera, but I'm sure it's pink in person. <laughs> it's, it's my lighting. <laughs> I can have colored bookshelves, but not lighting. We're, we're balling on a budget. So we're kind of all over the map here in terms of stories, but we have not talked about threads and it coming into existence yet on our podcast. It's Do a new social to? media app. Do we need to? I don't know, man. You're on it. You're posting. Bro, I decided threads is where I'm going to be spicy. So I'm like, <laughs> for for those of you that want to like venture over with me, uh-huh. I'm like, you know, t- TikTok, you get the, the videos. <laughs> the Insta- Instagram is just pictures of my girlfriend. And I'm like, threads is like, all right, here it is. Like, here's <laughs> game on. What are we doing today? Like, I know you were so, coming for blood. To all 70 of y'all on threads, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, and you posted something earlier today about apologetics. And it kind of sparked the idea for this episode. And I would love for you, like what, before we talk about apologetics and all this stuff, apologetics is a really fancy word. We'll talk about it in a second. But what sparked the spiciness of your apologetics post this morning? Like, why'd you post it? What prompted you to hop onto threads and go, I need to type this out. Um, I need to make threads as toxic as Twitter. That's the goal. Um, <laughs> no, it's like, honestly, I was, I was like talking with a kid. I meet up with a couple students. Um, and like one of them is like super into apologetics. And so I was honestly trying to write down in like a notebook. I was like, okay, it's so like, what are we going to talk about? I was trying to figure out like one of them, they want to go into different spheres. One potential wants to be in ministry. The other like wants to go into the Navy and different things. And it's like, all right, like if you're into apologetics, like how do you disciple people in a non-church context? Like when you're walking into people, it's not like you're going to be like, hey, how are you? So what are your thoughts on like preacher, post-trib? Like it's, that's not uh-huh. the conversations you have. And so like, what does apologetics look like? in a non-debate format. So like, yeah. how does it fit into discipleship? Um, and I was just trying to find some texts and some scriptures and I came up through first Peter, uh, 3:15, and I'm gonna try to pull it up here and read it. Um, also as I'm pulling up the U version app, the most condemning thing and convicting thing is like, <laughs> do, you love like the app? do you love the Bible app? And I'm like, I don't want to answer this. <laughs> no. So every, every time my answer is no. And I'm like, ah, straight to hell. Um, <laughs> So the, the like, like the, the, the quintessential like apologetics verse is first Peter three fifteen, And it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ. The Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense. That word defense right there, I believe is the Greek word apologia. I'm probably mm-hmm. mispronouncing that, but like that word defense is where we get our word apologetics. So make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, great. Awesome. At all seasons, be ready to give a defense for the hope that's within you. Yep. Um, And honestly, I was kind of sitting there and I'm like, I feel like in apologetics, I immediately jumped to like, God's not dead. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what God's Not Dead they're on now. I think it's like seven. Fifteen. Um, God's Not Dead and Sharknados are like going one for one <laughs> for one competing. for one for one. They really are competing. Um, but it's like, that's what I think of when I think of apologetics is I think of the person going into the professor's classroom to be like, you know, creationism versus evolution. And I'm like, I'm like that's, there's, there's a place for that. But I think anytime... I've experienced it's never gone over well. Like when I was in high school, I grew up in DC and none of my friends were Christians. And so we just sat at the table every single day at lunch and we argued about whatever political topic and Christian theology was clashing that day. And we just like, I was being apologetic, but like it never got anywhere. And we just argued over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, is that the apologetics that Paul is talking about? And it's not that there's not like a place to like, it's not that there's not a place for that to have answers for hot topics, but like, is that yeah. what Paul's talking about? Yeah. And so Bible study 101, hermeneutics 101, you have to read scripture in context. And so when you look at first Peter three in the context of what Paul's talking about, Paul's talking about suffering. Yeah. And so instead of just reading verse 15, reading 13 through 17, it says, now who was there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Just going to emphasize that part. Yeah. But having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile you, your your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should if that should be God's will then for doing evil. Yeah. So basically what what Paul is saying is he's like apologetics is less about a debate and it's more about a defense. Mm. And I've never heard that. Yeah. Anytime we've talked about apologetics, I've never heard it contextualized in 1 Peter 3 of like no, when you are suffering because you are walking with the Lord and you're doing good and you're walking with righteous, like when hard things happen, honor the Lord in your heart and people will ask you what's going on. Yeah. It's like, why do you have that much joy? What is so different about you? Why, why are you preaching the gospel when you're in chains, Paul? And he says, you give a defense and apologia for the hope that you have that's within you. Like that, that's what he's talking about. And I think like, Now I'm just like soapboxing here, but I think when I look at an effective apologetic, I've never seen somebody come to the Lord through an intellectual debate. Yeah. Well, I've seen people come to the Lord through testimonies of seeing somebody's witness, their apologetic of like, man, you lost everything, but you're still praising God. Like, man, your friend is battling cancer. You're on your deathbed, but like, you can still give the Lord praise. Like I've seen people wonder like, Hey, what is so different about that? And like, there's nothing different about our intellectual battles. The world argues all the time. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, we talk about an effective apologetic. Yeah. One that reaches the heart, not just the mind. I think what Paul is saying is like our most effective apologetic is just to suffer well. Yeah. And when you suffer well, people will ask why. And then just tell them it's Jesus. Yeah. This makes me think of, I love the word defense. Defense is, is kind of the word that 
I, I've always been drawn to here in in this passage because defense, just by nature of its definition, is not offense. Like we often use apologetics more as a weapon to prove mm-hmm. that we are right or to prove that that we are intellectually superior or to prove something. Like apologetics is the is the thing that we attack with rather than what yeah. you just said. It's not the thing that literally is because we are suffering well, people look at you and say, why? Yeah. Like how? How is that possible? How can you have so much joy and still be in the midst of such hard circumstances? And and I, I mean, man, I'm similar to you in high school. I was that kid. I remember yeah. reading one apologetics book. I read one book. And I thought I knew everything. I was like, I was watching Ken Ham, you know, like (laughs) things on YouTube. And I was like, man, I got this. I seen the evolution debate. I can debate creationism. That was the thing that I was into. And I remember at school, I've told the story before. So the brief version is, so I'd go into the lunchroom. I'd sit down with people. I would debate their heads off and leave. And I would think that I'm like the Lord's soldier. Like, yeah, like I just battled for truth. I just fought the good fight and God sustained me to the finish line. And like, that is just so distorted because yeah. those people don't know Jesus. They did not experience the love that Jesus has extended to me from me. And now yeah. they're just like, okay, so Christians fit into that stereotypical box that yeah. people hate. Like Christians hate people that don't necessarily align with them. Yeah. And it's like, that's that's the message. That's the gospel that my life proclaimed when I was in mm-hmm. high school. And it was just because I wanted to be right. I mean, I even think back to Ephesians 6, the armor of God. You mm-hmm. look at the armor of God and it's fascinating because the armor of God is almost entirely used for defense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of defensive things in the New Testament. And it's because ultimately, like, we can't really advance the attack. Like, we really aren't capable ourselves to do anything good offensively because that's really God's job. And so like what we're called to do is kind of hold the line. So the, the armor is almost entirely used for defense. And the only offensive weapon that, that we're given in the armor is God's word. And that's because we don't do the fighting. It's God's word that accomplishes that on our behalf. It's it's God that works through that. And so, yeah, when I think of apologetics, I think of the angry Christian God's not dead like approach. And that's just not what apologetics is. And when I say that we have to umbrella, this is there are a lot of really smart people who Mm -hmm. have done a lot of studying who teach truth. And like, it's really good. Like it's a good endeavor to pursue truth. There's nothing wrong with it. It's only when you use that truth to be a weapon yeah. in order to prove you're right rather than God is good. And that's the difference. Yeah, I think that's the difference between like truth warriors and prophets because I think both are speaking truth, but Jeremiah wept over the city. Yeah. And I think that's where it's, you have like, I know like a lot of apologists that are like, man, like I'm, what does the Bible have to say on the culture? And it's like, it's a lot of the motive, honestly. Like again, there's nothing wrong with like, knowing what you believe and why you believe it and even combating lies of culture with scripture and like that being your sphere. It's like, praise God for that. That's awesome. Great. But I think even in that, 
I don't know how many times like I've personally seen that change the heart of somebody. I think I've seen it change people's minds. I'm like, oh, that may give me something new to think. And like, praise God for that. That's awesome. But it's like, I think even Paul's point here is that not that that is ineffective, but the most effective apologetic you have is like when everything goes wrong, who's God to you? Yeah. And like give a defense of the hope that you have because suffering is coming. Yeah. And I think this is fascinating. I would love to get your thoughts on this. Um, I was just talking with some of our students about this and I feel like I heard a lot probably from like a previous generation that apologetics is the best way for our kids to keep following Jesus in college. Mm -hmm. That again, I'm going to sound like I'm hating on apologetics. I'm not, but like if we just teach apologetics, if we know how to defend their faith, then when they go to college, like they won't be swayed in different directions and like, there is something biblical to that because the Bible says, like, don't be swayed by false doctrine, like know what you believe because false doctrine is very tempting. Yeah. Um, and it's very easy. It's ignorance 99% of the time. Um, so there is something biblical to that, but like, I was, I was talking to our kids about it today and I'm like, these are like high schoolers. And they're like, honestly, we don't agree with that. Because I think like for for the next generation, it's less about an intellectual debate of like who God is, like, did God create dinosaurs? <laughs> right. Or right, honestly, right. how old the earth is. Like, honestly, they don't care. Yeah. Um, it's like what they care about is like, man, is God good through my experience? And this yep. is where like something we've talked about, where it's like we used to be in an age of reason. I think therefore I am. We are now in an age of experience. I feel therefore it's true. And so it's not that apologetics is wrong, but we have to like shift the apologetic nature of like, Paul talks about here a lot more emotional apologetic than anything else. It's like, you're going through something, like something awful, but the thing that you know impacts your horizontal situation and people see that and like in the experience that you're walking through. And that is what resonates long before you ever open up their mouth. Cause they're wondering what's different. Yeah. And I think that is an apologetic that really resonates with these middle schoolers, high schoolers and the next generation is like, okay, yes. What, what you think and what you believe matters intellectually but they're wrestling with how, what do you feel and where is God in the middle of all of that? The point of apologetics, like the the goal of it, of, of proper apologetics, is to ultimately point to Jesus and to share the gospel. It's like that's the point of apologetics, and, and that exists contextually, right? And so a great example is if you are a professor at a university, you are surrounded by by a lot of logically thinking, reason-centric kind of thought, right? Mm -hmm. And so your apologetic in this, in this, you know, context would be to meet the people that you're around with that because that's going to be the thing that convinces them. That's going to be the thing that gets them to say, you know what, actually, I think you may be onto something. Mm -hmm. And so use that. But then when you think of, you know, students or you think mm -hmm. of the the average college person, we've shifted from logic and reason to experience. And so apologetics actually from from a knowledge standpoint may not be the most effective way to reach yeah. someone. 
like the most effective way to reach someone may be to walk alongside them through suffering yeah. or to give them a positive church experience. And it's yeah. like those things that, that are going to help convince a person that doesn't know Jesus to be like, man, maybe they have something going on here. There is a, um, there's a guy, he, he goes to our church and he, uh, he just released a book and this book is kind of geared towards apologetics. It's an apologetic book and it's a very high level apologetics book. And I was sitting down with him and he's kind of telling me the point of this book. And it was fascinating because he wrote this book for college students. Mm -hmm. The point of the book was for college students, but then it was for those college students to actually give this book to their professor. So it was like what this guy understood was he understood there are a lot of college students in our area and they're taking a lot of college classes with professors that are very smart in their field. Yeah. How can we meet these professors where they're at with people that they're surrounded by? So he wrote this book with a mission and that mission wasn't to just prove that the professor was wrong. The mission was, okay, let me present the facts in a way that, that is best for you to understand. And like, Mm -hmm. let me actually try and like show you the good news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that was the point of that book. It's a really cool and unique thing that he did in order to reach a group of people that think a certain way. Now, would mm-hmm. that book work for a junior in high school? Absolutely not. It's a completely different context. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, how do we weigh these things? How do we see where we're at, the people that we're surrounded by? And how do we go to those people and ultimately use contextual apologetics to not just prove that we're right, but to yeah. show them the, the goodness of Jesus and the gospel. And like, that's the point of it. Yeah. I think the root of apologetics is give a defense for the hope that you have. And I think the method in which you do that, I think there's freedom to change in it. Yeah. Um, I don't think because Paul says here, you can give a defense through your suffering. Doesn't mean that you can't give a defense with intellectual thought. Um, because again, I was talking with one of our students and she was like, no, I don't really resonate with an emotional thing. Like I'm, I'm really, I, I want to know the logic of this. I'm like, great. That's awesome. Switch gears. Yeah. Like it's, it's not the point. And I think that's where a more well-rounded view of our defense yes. is like, okay, one, like the prophet, yes, speak truth, weep for the people. Um, if there's no truth without love is just half of a truth. And so like that, that's, there's gotta be a full holistic, like spectrum of apologetics where it's like, yes, understand why be well thought out, engage in those conversations. But like to the person who's not, doesn't have seven PhDs, doesn't want to go around in the street. Like you have an effective apologetic of like when life sucks, not if when life, when life sucks, Love the Lord. It says, honor the Lord as holy in your heart. And I'm like, holy doesn't mean perfect. Holy means set apart. There's no one like him. So if there's no one like him, yes, that changes our actions, but there's no one like him. That means he has the ability to be over all of this present darkness Mm. and intimately acquainted with you and have the power to change it. Like that's what reverencing him as holy in your heart means. And that Mm. changes the way I worship. That changes my joy because a lot of us, we don't have joy because we don't view God as holy and different and other in our hearts. We have a, we're, we're reverencing a different God. Yeah. Yep. And 
that's where it's like, okay, start with that. Like you want an apology. Life sucks right now. Go back to the character of God. Yeah. And who he is is holy and other and magnificent and beautiful. And all right, you're not engaging in those intellectual spheres. That's fine. That's great. Praise him in chains. Yeah. Worship him in the valley. Choose joy today. I used to hate that phrase. That that phrase really yeah. used to make me mad. I'm just like, yeah, because there was just a season where I'm like, it's I a churchy can't. phrase too. Yeah, and I'm just like, ah, it just yeah. like, because there's just days where I'm like, I can't switch that gear. But like, so this is where I figure it that joy isn't a choice. Fixing your eyes on God is joy is a fruit. Yeah, yeah. And so like, where I choose to plant myself that day, in my circumstance or my Christ, like. If I choose to plant myself in him, the fruit of that is joy. Yeah. If I choose to plant myself in my circumstance and man, life sucks and this is awful. Well, like that's not going to produce joy. Yeah. That's going to produce bitterness and wallowing. And so like, man, reverence him as holy. And you have a pretty powerful apologetic to a world that's watching and wondering what's different. Pursuing truth does not mean proving to everyone that you're right like a jerk. Pursuing truth is possible when you are suffering and struggling and need to plant yourself in front of the Father. And it can also be possible in a academic setting, not for the sake of being right, but for the sake of pointing people to Jesus. In all these different spheres and across all this spectrum, pursue truth. Like we have to as Christians in a world that that is changing by the day and truth exists one moment and doesn't exist the next. In a culture that is as yeah. crazy as ours, we have to be rooted in truth. It's just the way that we choose to communicate and teach this truth that is going to be it's it's gonna be an effective tool for us to reach people with Jesus. Um Man, yeah, that's so good. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If um, you want to check out us on social media, that was a great phrasing of that. You can check us out on social media at ReaganJones97 and at Rots of 157 You can also check us out on Instagram at Sanctified underscored ish. Reagan on threads. <laughs> Reagan Jones, you want to you want to follow those come, spicy come get threads? Wild. Come get wild. <laughs> and uh, guys, we're so thankful for y'all tuning in week in and week out. If you haven't yet, left us a leave us a five star review. Send us an email, questions, comments, concerns. We'd love to chat with you guys. Sanctifiedish at gmail.com. We will catch you guys in the next one. And until next time, take care and God bless. Do you want to see my Stormtrooper I'm 3D printing? I would love to. Hold on, hold on. Let me get. The, there's a lot of pieces here. A lot of. Why are they two different colors? I, I'm gonna paint it. It's a whole. It's a process. It's a process. It's like sanctification. Where's the helmet? Like the top oh, of okay. it. Okay. It's it's okay. Hold on. It's here. I gotta put it together. Okay. It's it's like a puzzle. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to explain you to people? <laughs> Like I was on a meeting today, a work meeting, and I was like, "Hey guys, look at my stormtrooper." <laughs> so my 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 friend 3D prints household idols in his house. He was like, "Oh, he was like, show me your stormtrooper helmet." I was like, "I got you." <laughs> All right, goodbye. Bye.